0: You're listening to episode 22, Journey of a Thousand Miles. Hello, darlings, and welcome to the Wake Up and Show Up podcast with your girl, your host, Portia Scott. This podcast is on a mission to inspire and empower you to take your life off autopilot, optimize the power of your uniqueness, and execute intentionally in every area of your life. Hello, darlings, and welcome to today's episode. So this episode was actually recorded in December 2019 at our fabulous in-home studio. (laughs) We often see entrepreneurship as freedom without responsibilities, but with more freedom comes more responsibilities. And I love that our house guest today brought his son with him for this interview. This, my friends, is real entrepreneurship. It's doing what you have to do. So in the midst of the interview, if you hear tiny voices in the back, that's the little one. I didn't want to edit it out because honestly, it's real life. Also, during the interview, we had a slight bit of technical difficulties and you may hear slight static. However, this interview is quite amazing. And I know you're going to love it because I absolutely enjoyed doing this interview. Our house guest today has a passion to reach the disadvantaged youth in developing nations with the mission to inspire them to make a difference in their own lives. His personal life experiences indulged in awareness to create opportunities that influences positive impact in his generation. He is the founder, the president of Oakmana Charities, which partners with junior and senior high schools to form enterprise clubs through their lead program. The program allows club members to volunteer in peer-to-peer tutoring and free professional-based tutoring. Club members have the opportunity to volunteer time and advocacy, evangelizing in an area of special interest, bringing awareness into the community. He is married to his beautiful wife, Ajwa, and have four beautiful children. He is the president of Oakmana Charities, a minister of the gospel, an entrepreneur, and a change agent. I would like to introduce our house guest for today's episode, Quabna Asenso Ocheri. So Kwabna, you tell us, how do you say your name correctly with your accent and everything? Um, it's Quabna
1: Asenso Ocheri. So I think you are very close. <laughs> I, I really think you are.
0: He's being really 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 kind but um one of the things that we do on the uh podcast is every week i say what i'm grateful for so i'm not going to take the reins today but i am going to ask you to tell us uh what is one thing that you're grateful for
1: well there's a lot to be grateful for um you know my pastor and my father and the lord always says that there's three things as it relates to giving And the first one is obviously given, Mm -hmm. the second one is thanksgiving, and the third one is forgiven. And so um, in everything that Jesus did, I believe, in connection with God, Mm -hmm. as he did supernatural uh, miracles, so to speak, he would always give thanks. He would say, thank you, Lord, for, and Mm -hmm. then he would do it. So it was sort of an emphasis of his trust in God. And I'm just uh, so thankful to God for family. So thankful to God for life. Mm-hmm. Um, just so thankful to God for the season that we're in. We're in a season of giving. It's just a yes. very um, intentional time for Christians uh, mm-hmm. because, for God so loved the world, He gave. Right. And so our DNA as Christians is uh, embedded around giving. Right. And so I just I'm just so thankful for for life and for family and for friends and time like this as well
0: right that's so incredible those three ways of giving i absolutely love that i'd never heard that before but i like that and so i'm going to use that one i'm going to steal it and i'm going to use it um yeah. again so Kwapna, you're from ghana yes and the language that you speak is tree
1: that is correct
0: so tree. how would you say what would
1: be the greeting of the day in in tree in your language well right now we are getting into the afternoon so yes. we would say maha Maha means good afternoon. Maha. 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 If we were in the morning, we would say mache. Mache. And that would mean good morning. Okay. Yes. And so uh, it's a saying, is a very typical uh, greeting or salutation when you meet another person in, in the tree language. And obviously, there are so many other languages in Ghana, but I speak the tree language as okay.
0: well. Okay. So, how many different
1: dialects do you do you have about i will have to get back to you on that <laughs> one so i'm not called out exactly by some of the uh right because
0: somebody's, yes, somebody's gonna say somebody's gonna say you're that's, wrong
1: that's a, that's a plethora of, of dialects um, in ghana and um we're just so culturally rich and yeah. and um celebrate our diversity in Ghana right. and beyond. So, yeah, That's
0: excellent. So, you know, John and I just got back from uh, South Africa and where we were in Johannesburg, they have around 11 different dialects. So I could only imagine. So I love just hearing um, the language and, and it just infuses who we are, right? It's just a makeup of who we are. But I want to talk a little bit about Oak Mana. Charity. I, when I first heard about it, I thought it was incredible. And then I heard a, another podcast that you were on, Kingdom Over Coffee. So a shout out to uh, that podcast. And that conversation was just so rich. And I think so oftentimes there's different areas in society of people that are sometimes forgotten about. And I think that oftentimes we forget about the struggles of children and especially if it's not in our faces, you know, we live in the suburbs or we live in our comfortable houses and we forget that there are people that are living in poverty and not only are there people, but there are children that are on the streets. So what I do want to talk about is a little bit about your journey before we get right into the genesis of Okmana. but tell us a little bit about your journey cuz you grew up in Ghana yes. but you came to the US then went back and came back so
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um the journey is <laughs> it's it's an interesting one but at the same time um I think that the, the emphasis of the journey is that God's handprints are all over our lives Mm -hmm. in everything that we do. And in in the moment, in the process, it's a lot of times it's it's difficult to see um, God in it. Um, But in retrospect, you come to a sense of how much God's providence is with us. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, when I was at the age of four years old, our home almost burned down. Actually, it did burn down. But I was there with my older brother and younger brother. And that was sort of how life started for us. Wow. And, um, you know, at the age of seven, um, my biological mom passed away. Mm-hmm. And that was also uh, very traumatic for us because yeah. it happened literally in front of us. And so for myself, uh, the journey basically was quite early on. And uh, growing up in Ghana... <laughs> Um, I had the opportunity to learn um, a lot of different um, sort of the, how, to, how to cope, so to speak, right. coping, coping techniques, if you will. And um, throughout life, it's always been just finding ways to, to make the best out of the situation that you're in mm-hmm. and being positive in it as well. And I think that's what I've tried to take along with me wherever I go is to be positive positive to have the right attitude and to know that, uh, God is all over our situation. Right. And And it's,
0: is that, that positivity that you have, that resilience that you have, because I think you tell the story, but when I think about it, I can't even imagine, right? I'm four years old and you have the house and then you lose your mother at seven. So just thinking about, you know, your resiliency and your ability to, essentially keep it moving that's something we say in the army um Mm. was that something that you know your mother kind of passed on to you was she a resilient woman kind of going after life and even though things happen being able to see that is it in your father what were kind of those I guess early nuggets that you learned from them to to push forward at four at seven you know and to have that embedded in who it is that you are
1: yeah um I would say that it's definitely a combination and I would give credit to a lot of people in my life, mm-hmm. you know, and, and so my mom was very, um, was a believer and she was into this group called Women's Aglo in Ghana mm-hmm. and that was my first exposure to Christianity in the sense of just, you know, going out to search for Christ, going out to do something tangible and uh, I was very close to her in that short period of time that I, I knew her and, and so I learned a lot from her right. and I could even tell from those early days that there was a bit of a health struggle mm-hmm. with her until she, she passed. Mm-hmm. And um, my dad also, you know, coming from very humble beginnings and just uh, rising uh, academically and just into social circles that looking into his background, it just was night and day. And um, I just uh, recently, when he passed, I remember seeing one of his diaries from mm-hmm. 1960, and it had the whole wow. entire year. Um, my dad was about 13 years at the time, and he chronicled the entire year Are you um, yeah, of, of that period. And so just running down memory yeah. lane and just seeing his day-to-day through that, it just gave me a deep appreciation for the kind of man that he wow. was and how disciplined he was at a very early age. Mm-hmm. And so all of these things molded me quite a bit. And just the environment that I grew up in, and I, I tend to say this adage that it just takes a village to, to raise a child. Right, right. And so my dad re- remarried, and mm-hmm. so um, it. we have three, three additional siblings, in addition to my two siblings, so a total of six. And just the stepmom, the brothers, sister, it's just been... A journey for all of us, and um, you know, I, I lost my brother along the way as well. So oh, he so was the sorry. older brother, and so I'm now the oldest brother, and mm-hmm. and just that experience and that uh, responsibility is just amazing what God is doing in my life and in and, and the circles around me.
0: yeah that is that is an incredible story and I think one of the things is what we always talk about here is not just existing right not just putting your life on autopilot because honestly something like that your father losing his wife could have turned his life and just put my life on autopilot and kind of let it go but to say that not only you guys you know or himself but to say I also have this family I also have these boys and to continue to go and then as you say coming from humble beginnings. so I do know that your father was an academic and so like to think that you just never know how life is is planned but I think every step of the journey kind of starts to reveal itself, you know, little by little. People always ask the question, you know, what's my purpose? And I love to say that you are actually your purpose. It is what you do in your day to day, every day that kind of leads you to that. So we know that at seven, you know, you kind of have this tragedy that happens, but you guys continue to push forward. Um, And so, how do you end up here in the U.S.?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, at the age of about, I would say, 18, um, I was at a point where I'd finished secondary school, high school. It's what we call it here in the United States. And I remember just sitting back looking at my environment mm-hmm. and just feeling challenged that um, at this point in time I started to have a little exposure to the western world so to speak mm-hmm. um, MTV was in the picture. So you're at the in time. Ghana at this time right? I'm in okay. Ghana <laughs> and I have some friends who have cable TV and those kind of things so right. I'm going by and I'm, I'm seeing some things I'm watching some NBA and some right. um, NCAA and at this point, I'm also playing some basketball. You know, we're trying to adapt to the, the Western culture. world, you know, and, and close the gaps here and there. And so I just felt this urge and burden in me that in order for me to be productive and effective in life, mm-hmm. um, I needed to be able to relocate to um, the United States to go to college. And um, it was definitely an uphill battle at home because again I'm the second of six and my older brother was in school in Ghana and um, my dad had the opportunity for me to go to school in Ghana but I fought tooth and nail um, to um, have the opportunity to come to the states and I vividly remember the experience because you know those times when you wanted to send an email you would have to go to a communication center and You would have to give them the information that you wanted to send out, they would have to type it out and get it out for you. Yeah, it was that kind of experience. And so um, I remember just making my way to go take my SATs and and the TOEFL examination for for English and eventually, you know, very, very minimal communication across to the different schools that I was applying to. Again, very greenhorn uh, concerning the whole process and experience. Yeah. But I just had a determination in me to make this happen. And I remember it was two weeks before school was open. All this time, my dad was on the fence about uh, allowing me to, you know, jump ship, <laughs> if mm-hmm. you will, <laughs> and, and come into the States. But uh, I think that just my, um, my resilience and just wanting something uh, pushed him to say you know what reluctantly I'm going to let you go and so Iowa State is where I went to and Mm -hmm. his whole premise was that you're going to go to a small town because you know if we go to if you go to a bigger city we don't know what's going to happen you know so that was how Iowa became part of that experience because they could
0: kind of steal kind of control the narrative a little bit about not being worried about like the crime and all the things that exist yeah i could completely understand that so
1: and so that was that was kind of how you know my experience was and you know even with with just my faith i i quite remember that you know i i I was always that person in the in the household who wanted to push the envelope and challenge the status quo you know we grew up catholics and we would go to a catholic church and um, at some point, I went to secondary school, and I, I found Christ in a charismatic yeah, movement, which spoke in tongues and mm-hmm. is different from the, the Catholic yeah. sort of uh, doctrine and orthodox. And I would come home, and at this point, I'm telling my dad that I really can't see myself going to the Catholic church. Mm-hmm. So that also a whole other conversation Kvavna, as well.
0: you're like breaking his heart. You're yes, like I'm not going to school the I'm way just, he wants. You're you like... Know, yeah, um, and,
1: and so, yeah, I found a church right next to the Catholic Church that mm-hmm. was a charismatic drum playing, trumpets, loud tongue speaking, mm-hmm. um, you know, miracle all over the place. And I was going there. And so I would go with the whole family to church and then I would take a diversion and go to the charismatic church because I just felt that that's what I could uh, connect with mm-hmm. um, spiritually and it wasn't a comfortable thing, but that's that was who I was and that's what I felt I needed to do. Right. And so that's the kind of person I felt God had made me mm-hmm. um, to just be a voice for, um, you know, it was okay if it was sort of not the popular voice, <laughs> mm-hmm. but if I was convicted to do something mm-hmm. um, and I felt right and moral about it, I would go ahead and do it. And so just a couple of examples of some of the memory lane activities there.
0: So that's the way you could go to your father and say, I don't want to go to the, the the college or university that you want me to go to, which I think is funny because I know just culturally, like following your parents, right. especially, you know, in Africa and in different countries, um, it's like what my parents say I do and I kind of follow. So you kind of pushing back on that, I think it's, it's funny, but it does speak to, you being who you are and who God has made us to be, right? And so you being that envelope pusher, I think that that's probably what catapulted you into what you're doing now. So you go off to college, but you're in the U.S. So does Oakmana start in the U.S.? Does it start in Ghana? How does that? What is like the genesis of that?
1: Yeah. So um, being in the U.S., um, I always had that connection ghana obviously because those formi- you know formative years were in ghana and so a lot of my friends uh, growing up in ghana i remember when i was moving to the states to go to college and i had all my clothes i remember i went to the basketball court mm-hmm. and i had a lot of friends you know in those days again basketball was a thing we would rotate sports but basketball at the time what was the, the thing, thing when i was leaving I took all my clothes and I t- there was a bench out there and mm-hmm. I laid it all out there. And I just shared it for all my friends. And I remember just picking a couple of clothes that were native clothes because I knew I was coming to the States. Mm-hmm. I could easily get uh, some of the clothes that I had. So mm-hmm. I gave those to them and I got a couple of native clothes and brought that, brought that along with me to, to the States. So I always kept an ear to what was going on back home, okay. um, as it related to my siblings, as it related mm-hmm. to my friends, and just keeping up with um, my experiences then. Great. And um, I think that through college, my experiences there were quite challenging because I came into an environment where number one, the educational system that I came from was different, the British system, jumping into an American system mm-hmm. financially you know it's cash and carry back home in those days especially and you're coming into a credit system Big if system. you will okay. and just even socially you know yeah. your accent you you know just your your nature like you said you know being raised in Africa and in, in a Ghanaian family the the submission aspect to your parents and having to listen and obey even if you felt opposed to certain thoughts you still had to do it so All of these things came together, and Mm -hmm. I think when I graduated and um, did my master's and got through that process, obviously started working and everything else, I just felt that uh, need for connecting with people back home even stronger, Mm -hmm. and I heard God speaking to me concerning this, that I made you this way for a reason. I brought you out to take you back there, wow. as it says in Deuteronomy, right? So, you know, God gave me this opportunity, mm-hmm. wired me this way right. to bring me out and to almost be the Joseph, if you will, of my household and and of a community, if you will, and to keep in the back of my mind that humble um, experience that still connected me back with, you know, wanting to, um, give back, and so I, I think it was it was basically when I went to I went I went to a company called uh, National Christian Foundation, okay, to work with them because as I kept working in the IT world, I saw God calling me stronger into ministry, mm-hmm. and um, you know that I think is why I, I got the full exposure to this is how to start a nonprofit, Profit. this is okay. how to go about it because okay. I always had the heart for it. And I remember my wife and I, Joy and I, we would gather clothes. We would get a storage place and put all these things there oh, over wow. time. And we would just find ways to bless to people bless with people. it. But we were looking for a means to scale it. Mm-hmm. And um, this is kind of how that all birthed into oakmana. Manor. Oak, manna.
0: oak manna. So I heard there was a story, right? Yes. I think you go back to Ghana yes. and um, you're looking for something to eat. And so yes. with, with a friend. So at this time, you are are you working with the National Christian Foundation? Yes. And were you home on a missions trip or was yeah. it just a visit?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for doing <laughs> your homework and research. Um, absolutely. So, yes, I went to Ghana on a vision mission trip. Okay. I was um, at National Christian Foundation at the time. And doors were opening for me to get in contact with people who we helping to shorten my, my, my learning curve mm-hmm. as it related to getting the structural aspects yeah. of this together. God was speaking to me about the vision uh-huh. of what needs to happen. And I knew that Ghana was the place that he was calling me to kickstart it mm-hmm. uh, for obvious reasons. And so I go there and yes, lo and behold, that's one um, fateful day <laughs> that I um, was starving. You mm-hmm. know, I remember a friend of mine who a prayer partner we had prayed we had it was into the wee hours about mm-hmm. two in the morning two maybe even three in the morning and we said we you know in ghana you can always find food okay um, somewhere <laughs> and so that expectation was there so we stepped out drove maybe give or take about 20 30 minutes mm-hmm. to a place called osu and um i remember in osu we We drove to a couple of places before that, but we landed in Osu and we got some food to eat. And while we were ordering the food, we saw some kids who were homeless. Mm -hmm. And um, they, I think it was about eight kids, and they were asking us for food. And, you know, the compassion just came upon me. And I was just thinking back to my kids and how, by the grace of God, they have a place of shelter. They have clothes. They have food to eat. Um, they have parents who love them and school and everything else and so uh, I just couldn't connect the two and I just felt the um, I just felt that that vision come to life Mm -hmm. for me and so I prayed through that quite a bit when I was there Mm -hmm. came back and also did some more um, uh, prayer concerning it and God spoke to me and said that this vision has to do with Disadvantaged people, mm. and obviously in developing parts of the world, um, and then the question became: Is it for children? Is it for youth? Is it for adults? Lord, where are you calling like me to? Kind of answering all of those questions. Yeah. Yeah. And He then spoke to me and said, "It's going to be in the center of it with the youth, the disadvantaged youth, but there's going to be opportunities to reach the children as mm-hmm. well as you build this base around around the youth." And so we um, definitely target um, youth between the ages of 15 to about 25, okay. plus or minus. It just depends on the circumstances. Mm-hmm. And as we continue to encounter these people, uh, it's amazing how God speaks to you and says, you know, you know his, his, his ways are not our ways, mm-hmm. as He says, right? So you may go with this strict rule of...
0: This is what I'm going yeah, to do. But then
1: God says, no, make an exception there. And that's right. what grace is about. Right? Absolutely. So, yeah.
0: I always say it um, literally. I was just saying it the other day is that I always say that God is the greatest course corrector. You know, even when your heart is right, but you're like, this is my plan. This is what I want to see go. He is amazing at course correcting you, right? Whether it is you come in contact with someone and you know that that's the way you're supposed to do it. Or if your requirements have to make a change or, you know, for this particular youth or this particular situation. Um, One of the things so the you know, you meet the kids and, and we all have been in situations where we're like, oh, that's heartbreaking, you know, and then we go back to life. And and granted, you had kind of felt that God had been leading you, like this is what I'm to do. And it was like that moment where it's like, okay, this has to be it. And I see where I'm going. But even in that, because our heartstrings get pulled all the time, what was the thing that, you know, do you remember that first step? You know, you get you have that, you pray about it you know, the kids are still on your heart, but what's that first step that you did to really get started? Cause at this time you have a family, yeah. right? So it's not just me going out on this, but it's really my family. And so what, what we do, our family comes along, they have to make those same sacrifices right. that we make. And so what's kind of that first step? Cause you were still working for the National Christian uh, Foundation. Foundation yes. And so what's like that first step Is it Ajwa where we're doing this? Or
1: (laughs) yeah, I think that, um, you know, discernment is a very powerful, powerful tool Mm -hmm. for every Christian. Right. And thank God I have a very discerning wife Mm -hmm. and God has also blessed me with an amount of discernment. And so we look for the season that we're in and the Mm -hmm. times that we're in. Ecclesiastes three, one talks about times and seasons. That's right. And so um, I think going on this mission, vision trip, was a key moment for me. Um, when I looked at the organization at the time, mm-hmm. I was brought in to do a certain um, certain amount of um, work and responsibility, and that work was accomplished. And I heard God speaking to me, saying that I'm going to. I brought you here for a season to learn certain mm-hmm. things, so that yeah. I can position you to be able to do these these things. I have placed a lot in you Mm -hmm. and that appointed time has come right right so Psalm 102 verse 13 says that you know arise and um you know it's show mercy to Zion for Mm -hmm. the time to favor her the set time has Mm -hmm. come and I really felt like God was saying that I am now taking you all that I've placed in you Mm -hmm. from what your experience was from birth all the way through in Ghana to come in here to learning the ropes with the financial aspect academics and all the the mm-hmm. challenges that you went through up to this point, and yeah. getting an exposure with the Christian Foundation, was preparing you for this moment. Right. So that vision mission trip was strategic for us as a family as well. Mm-hmm. And I remember that I came back from the trip, and um, I had a conversation with my VP at the time and the st- chief strategy officer, and they said because before I left, we were they were looking at um bringing a consultancy firm to help with a lot of what I was doing and what my team was doing oh, it. and it happened that they had that consultancy firm had sort of an a la carte if mm-hmm. you will service and so why sort of it's redundant you know we came, we became a bit Absolute. redundant but but god has his way of yeah. gracefully having you bow out mm-hmm. so he can get you into the next phase of of what's happening so i think Joy and i came to that sense of well what's next for us Mm -hmm. let's take a leap of faith Mm -hmm. and i'm actually working on a book uh called a leap of faith Faith. (laughs) yeah because my my life has been that way i've had to take certain risks and just go on a limb on certain things like you said the cultural aspect taking certain making certain moves when um it's not traditionally or culturally acceptable so we took that leap of faith and I remember even when I was at National Christian Foundation, I started to take certain classes. Mm-hmm. I wanted to get certified in ministry ventures, which was mm-hmm. to qualify me to be able to use their material and, um, and endorsement okay. for what I was doing. At the same time, um, just taking, getting contacts to be able to set up the, the charity. So mm-hmm. all of those things I did along the way. Right? So wow. I think a lot of, things in life is about understanding the, the season and time the bible says i think in chronicles twelve thirty two, that the sons of isaac understood the, the seasons times. and mm-hmm. the times right and so we have to always be discerning of what is god saying mm-hmm. and how can i be where god is not where god was yeah and that will always propel us into our purpose and our destiny
0: absolutely and
1: i think it's softened the blow for us now the blow is still there yeah But 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 it it softens it and it also gives you understanding, Mm -hmm. which is very, very important because that understanding is what gives you peace. Peace. As it says in the book of Philippians, you know, all the peace that surpasses all understanding.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, that's so amazing. So one of the things is and I, I mean, we have all done it, I'm sure, is that we're ready to get to the place. Right. You're like, I I know I'm here for a reason. You know, I'm going to college. I'm 18. And this is I know this is in me. I'm ready to do it now. But you went to college and you got your master's and you worked in I.T. And, you know, you built all this these things up and then you go to the National Christian Foundation and life is happening. But along the way, you're collecting everything that you need to collect, that God needs you to collect. Right. So that we can do these things in excellence. And that we can do them with the right backing. And we can do them, as you say, in the right season. And so, and not being where God was, but where he is in this particular season. So I think it is important to know that you know we talk about it all the time when we talk about David and when he was anointed to be king but when he took over king and so yeah he had been preparing even before he was anointed king but there was still time in between before he actually became king so In that preparation time, I think it's so important because there's so many people who are saying, I know I got the skills. I know I have the goods. I know God called me to do this, whether it's in ministry or the marketplace or wherever they are, but saying, but I want to do it now. And maybe now is not the time, but God, it started to prepare you for all of this so that it was in line. Now you still felt the, you know, the blow, but you had the peace with you know, with that blow, with that changing of, of the seasons per se. And so I think that's incredible. So, you know, you kind of bow out gracefully. And now you're going, do you go full time into Okmana? Like, what is that transition like?
1: Yeah. And so um, you're absolutely right what you said, Elio. on, you know, God doesn't waste anything.
0: anything. He doesn't.
1: God doesn't waste anything at at all um and so every experience we go through is the raw material for the product that god is turning out yeah yeah. right but a lot of us um like you said want that product now (laughs) we want the big
0: shiny now because we
1: we want it now we want it now and god is saying that go through the process Mm
0: -hmm. because
1: in the process you build the virtues, Mm -hmm. you know, look at how God walking with the people of Israel out of Egypt Mm -hmm. through the wilderness. And along the way, he reveals himself to them Mm -hmm. with different names. Um, Jehovah Nisi, as Mm -hmm. he talks to to Moses. Um, I am your provider, as he speaks to to Abraham. Mm -hmm. And so in your process, you you get to know more of God. Mm -hmm. And it develops you, it exposes you to the image of God, mm-hmm. who you are, right, right, and I think that's what a lot of us miss, and so we we have to find ways to connect back with the process. Mm-hmm. God is God cares about the destination, but He's more interested in the process. Okay. That's right, and so that that I think is my biggest um, was my biggest turning point mm-hmm. is really figuring out what it is that God wants me to do wants us to do as a couple mm-hmm. wants us to do as a, a family, family and wants us to do in the community and um, you know today we're at uh, friendship Christian school mm-hmm. um, I teach Bible there I also um, I'm obviously working on oakmana I say I'm full-time in everything hundred percent right. in exactly. everything you know exactly. <laughs> that's kind of how life has to work as an entrepreneur as a um, ministry leader, um, as someone who God has called for, uh, to make impact, not only, um, in your local community, but globally, right. You have to work extra. My, my father and the Lord again, Bishop Franco Fuswapi, I would say that, um, tired people are the ones who run the world. Mm. You, you have to. Yeah. You, you, you can't you have to you, you got to put the hours in right and so I'm hundred percent working on Oak Manor Charity um, doing some work with uh, Friendship Christian School teaching mm-hmm. high school Bible and God is also opening doors for us with other entrepreneurial ventures because oh, uh, you know Paul and all his writings that he did in two-thirds of the, the right. New Testament he was also a tent maker absolutely you know and so um, even even Peter Peter at some point went back to the boat, you know, <laughs> and so you have to figure it out where um, God again does not waste anything. Mm-hmm. Every experience, every mistake, every so-called right. failure um, is a tool that God can use mm-hmm. one way or another to provide for you. Right. And so that's what I look I look for. I have different gifts that God has given me, and. God continues to speak to me concerning how he wants to use me in the different seasons, but our hearts go out to what can we give to the kingdom? Right. That's always our priority. Um, God will take care of us Mm -hmm. either way, but we think about what can we do Mm -hmm. and our situation is always better than someone else's. So how can we help improve someone else's situation? Um, and so that's kind and of And that's
0: what you guys are doing through Oakmana. Yeah. You know, and I, I did read about just the um the lead, right? Be yeah. led. Yeah. And so it's leadership, evangelism and development. Is that correct?
1: It's learning.
0: Learning. Okay, yeah. learning.
1: Learning um but there's leadership in 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 all of that as well. You definitely need leadership as well, but it's the be led is it's learning, evangelism and development. And um our lead program, which is one of it's kind of our our premier product for the Oakmana brand, is uh, around learning as it relates to the disadvantaged youth. Mm-hmm. So whether they are impoverished, haven't been able to go to school, or had to drop out at some point, we want a way to connect with them to increase their human capital. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're in school, then it may be through mentor, mentoring, okay. peer-to-peer mentoring, uh, academic you know, tutoring. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're not in school, then we have a vocational program. We partner with different vocational um, instructors okay. and find ways to get these youth connected so that they can fast-track them to learn a certain trade skill and then... Find ways to get them connected in the workforce. We Got want it. to get them out of unemployment into working. About 37% of the youth um, in Africa, are basically unemployed.
0: Thirty.
1: Yeah, 37%. 37%. 37%. Yeah. So we we've, we're trying to find ways to reduce those numbers. We want to come in and be part of the solution. Right. And so uh, evangelism allows us to be able to obviously bring the gospel truth mm-hmm. to the youth and beyond, mm-hmm. make these youth uh, excited about yeah. Christianity. My experience of taking that diversity and going into the charismatic church, I want youth to experience that. Yeah. Why is he taking a walk home <laughs> and not sitting in the car to go home with the family? Yeah. There has to be something, something in that there's something yeah. good about that experience, mm-hmm. so we want the youth to be able to be part of that experience, and also not only that, but we also want to broaden it into advocacy
0: mm-hmm.
1: um and so evangelism right. is a form of advocacy absolutely around the faith mm-hmm. and it's the core of our um of of the advocacy, but we also have things like you know, human trafficking, child labor, wow. woman empowerment, you name it. We want the youth rallying around these causes right. very early on in life. Mm-hmm. Because the successful men and women out there in the world today don't chase money. Right. They chase causes. Absolutely. And then the money chases them. them. Mm-hmm. So if we can That's get this good. paradigm shift early on for them, right. I think it will change the dynamics for the youth. The development is usually after the vocational training now we have an opportunity to look at those who are entrepreneurial and Mm -hmm. do small business small loans opportunities for them to be able to stand on their own two feet right so first of all they they finish the program they start working for someone they're making an income Mm -hmm. look at a little girl who um, or or I should say maybe we have we have several people in our program and I know a few of them who have children Mm -hmm and you've been to south africa wow. a few times you know how they put the babies the on, on their the back and everything mm-hmm. else and selling ice cream on the on the or, side of the road yeah. this is not you know this is borrowed money to do this work and they have to go pay so we're trying to take them and give them something that can sustain, sustain them, them and sustain the child that they are raising also and if we can help them to become a small business owner mm-hmm. with a microfinance loan at some point uh, mm-hmm. then under development we think that we're helping to push um the envelope forward right and um you know we want to partner with uh, philanthropists entrepreneurs you know corporates entities individual business owners um you name it that wants to be able to a lot of these people have been through these same walks of life also right. a lot of sports uh Celebrities. Mm-hmm. Soccer is a big part of Ghana mm-hmm. and in West Africa and beyond, in East Africa and so on. So some of these people were looking to connect with so that their story can also be told through right. some of these other youth Absolutely. And, and experiences.
0: I think it's important, right? So seeing somebody else's testimony and and knowing that it's it's so much in there you know with the learning I love what you guys are doing is being able to take this youth and show them one a different way and give them the skills so that they can self-sustain um, and they're not depending on just somebody else or you know being homeless and we did see Um, a lot of that, as you say, just the women putting the babies on their back and they're selling whatever they can, but that's not even their stuff they're selling. So they're going and they're getting nothing for, you know, all of those days, but being able to give them the skills that they want. And then the evangelism is giving them hope, right? And that they matter and that Jesus loves them. And I think at the core of who we all are, we were created for community and we were created for love. And so being out in the streets and all the different circumstances that oftentimes come with that, there's guilt, there's shame, there's, you know, embarrassment. And so being able to say, not only do I have the skills, but now I have this hope because we see a lot of people with skills but they don't have hope and so they're not able to impact somebody else right but you could take a 15 16 year old that can say wait a minute i was in this program let me grab this other person to come along Mm -hmm. and then just that development so i know you guys are trying to partner with you know entrepreneurs entrepreneurs and just people who want to help who have those skills who have that that heart to be a part of a cause and so if there was someone that's saying I don't have a big business I don't have all of this but I have a heart to serve what can they do you know as in partner with oak Mana, but they're saying I you know maybe I have a skill but I don't have much money or I don't have this business where I can pour a lot in how can that just you know person help out
1: yeah well there's there's a ton of ways that we see people being able to help Um, today for example and because we're headquartered here in Georgia Mm -hmm. and we do our work um, in Ghana and we're looking to expand beyond that as well um, I will start off with where we're trying to make the impact which is in in Africa Mm -hmm. Uh, so in Ghana for example we have uh, volunteers who just come on board and donate their time Mm -hmm. donate their skill set three areas talent time and treasure okay another one tip from my my father and the lord um those three areas are what we we look to get help from okay we have people in ghana uh today who have volunteered their time Mm -hmm. and they're finding different ways to help us to uh we just had recently had a soft launch for one of our hubs the a shaman hub and in that location we had Several of our students who are going to be in that area mm-hmm. participating in our program, mm-hmm. and we had volunteers come out to set up tents, uh, to put up, you know, um, our PA systems yeah. and all that good stuff. So we had a huge event mm-hmm. out there just a couple of weeks ago, and we had all these instructors come out to talk to the students just okay. to kind of bring a, a self-awareness concerning the program to them, and so some of these instructors are just giving us their time Mm -hmm. and their skills and and saying, you know what, let's start it off. And I want, I want to find a way to give back. So if you are in Ghana, if you're in Nigeria and if you're in Kenya, if you're in South Africa, and what we also want to do is we don't want to be a bottleneck. We really want to um, provide the templates that will allow you to be able to also implement the programs in, in the neck of your woods, woods. Yeah. Right. So, that way we can be able to scale as much as we we can and so if you're there and let's say you have finished college and you're not getting a job and you want to donate some of your time to help a student help uh help tutor a student Mm -hmm. or help to provide some skills you know it may be teaching them how to play a piano it may be hairdressing it may be um, tailoring Mm -hmm. fashion designing um, electrical engineering we have all kinds of uh opportunities out there that we're looking for people to partner to partner with and so even if you felt like you were in the united states and you can't come all the way out there you can record a video and send it to us um our email is team at oakmana.com send us something just an encouraging message sometimes just a connection just them knowing that that someone thinking about them and cheering them on you know that's something that can help them this is my testimony this is how i came to find christ because mm-hmm. our evangelism wing of it we want people to hear other people's stories right and we're trying our best to, to close the gap of this global village that we live in right and that again was part of why i also wanted to come to the states that's powerful. And to find a way to close the gap learn so i can go back and impart mm-hmm. you know so with technology today the world has become so much smaller, smaller.
0: Absolutely. So there's
1: so many ways. We have volunteers. um, My alma mater, Kennesaw State University, I partner with them. Mm -hmm. They um, have a volunteer system. So I have several volunteers through uh, Kennesaw Kennesaw State State. who help me out with website development, um, with social media, with grant writing, and and so on and so forth. They get extra credit hours for for volunteering. And um, we're looking to partner with charities as well. And, um, you know... Liberty University is also a place that I've started to mm-hmm. look for opportunities there as oh, well because excellent. some students can go do exchange programs and mm-hmm. go to oakmana Hubs in Ghana and go oh, give yeah. uh, give some volunteer out there and um, they get their hours. Yeah. So that's that's just the limitless opportunities. Of how people
0: can help out. I think that's so important. Sometimes we think that the the problems are so big, you know, and so being able to say like, oh, I have this, I can, I can record a video or maybe I can do a webinar of what I know how to do and teach it and send that. So there's so many ways and it's, what is it, team
1: team at oakmana.com yeah team at oakmana.com and it's true it's you know it, it's little drops of water makes a mighty ocean right and Rome was definitely not built, built in a, a day. day you know so God is so interested in the widow's might mm-hmm. and we have to look at things that way um, a lot right. of times we we we're called to give to our local churches and that is encouraged um, to the fullest. But also look for creative ways that you can also be a blessing to the kingdom. Absolutely. And that's what we are looking to partner with with you on. That individual, that everyday giver who's looking for opportunities. You know, you have clothes that you want to give. You have maybe computers or you have Mm -hmm. an avenue. Information is also key. Lack of knowledge, my people perish. Mm -hmm. So even if you have information on, hey, there's this sale going on, liquidation, for example, of laptops right at this place for this price penny on a dollar let us know send us an email and we would be interested in being able to pursue such opportunities because these people need to get these resources mm-hmm. these these kids this youth um are such a a, a gem such a diamond in the rough right. and it's amazing what god can and will do just with that Dollar just with that, that idea, just mm-hmm. with that thought, just with that act of kindness, right? That you present
0: that's incredible. So, I know we're going to be closing up soon, but I do, Quabna, because your story is so incredible and what you guys are doing. And so, I would ask the question what is one thing that you would say to someone that has like a passion that wants to do something that wants to impact the world, but again, they're, they're concerned that their small contribution won't have an impact. And so they won't start. What is one thing that you would kind of, or piece of advice, inspiration, encouragement that you would tell that person so that they can get started, you know?
1: Yeah. I would say that, you know, the Bible says, and I'm a Bible fanatic because that's how I live and have my being, um, move and have my being. So The Bible says that, you know, never despise the days of little beginnings Mm -hmm. or small beginnings. And so Jesus will take five loaves Mm -hmm. of bread and two fish and multiply it. That's right. God is not looking for everything from you. He's just looking for your heart. Right. And so God tells Abraham, give me your son, your only son. But God had already prepared a ram there for him as well. That's right. You know, so... Everything that we give, somehow we get it back. So, mm-hmm. number one, don't resent the fact that God is calling you to do something, to step out into the waters mm-hmm. and to even go into deeper waters. That's number one. Number two, it's essential, it's a part of us as Christian believers, it's a part of us as human beings, beings. Mm-hmm. Um, to figure out, like you said, we're a community. We, we have to connect somehow, right. some way. And there's so much joy, so much, so much grace in giving mm-hmm. in being able to look at your circumstances and go, how can I make a difference out in the world in your very little way? And for me, my encouragement to anyone listening out there today is that don't ever think that you're less than your, than your environment. God has placed you in an intersection mm-hmm. where if you feel there's a burden around you, if you see there's a, a certain situation coming to you constantly, mm-hmm. then God is calling you mm-hmm. to that yeah. situation. And when God is calling you there, he's already prepared the ram for you.
0: Mm-hmm. So good. And so
1: don't ever think that it's my burden. It's God's burden. He's just mm-hmm. looking for a, a vessel to use. Yeah. to use. And that leap of faith it's so important. Mm-hmm. God just wants you to take that leap of faith. Yeah. He said, Peter just had to mm-hmm. step in the water. Mm-hmm. But when Peter started doubting, he started to Sick. drown. Mm-hmm. So all we have to do is to just take, take the that little step. that we have. Look around you. We're so blessed to have life. Mm-hmm. If you have life, that's sufficient enough <laughs> to be a giver. Yes. It is. And you may think that, well, I'm living on the last you know hand to mouth i don't right. have rent i don't have a car i don't have this, this i don't have that um there's a there's a story of a guy who was walking down the street and he um i believe he was looking for an opportunity to um to to be remorseful about his situation and he had shoes on and he walks down the road and he looks at this guy and this guy's got no legs and he's going, whoa. So I'm crying about my shoes. He doesn't yeah, even have, have legs, legs to wear shoes. Mm-hmm. So there's always an opportunity around you. Mm-hmm. And partnerships are so important Important also. Sometimes economies of scale don't allow us to be able mm-hmm. to do or make the impact that we consider uh, impactful. Partner, Partner with, with someone. Someone.
0: Absolutely.
1: Organizations, friends, um, church members. hmm Look at what common passions are and interests are. Connect to those and find ways to to be a blessing. Absolutely, there's always a way to make a blessing. And Oak Manor, we are willing and excited to to for you to be a part. If you're interested, um, contact us. We're on social media platforms. Um, so, what are you on social media? So, hashtag Oak Manor. If you go to Facebook, uh, Twitter instagram linkedin um youtube okay Uh, we're we're all over it and uh, we also have our website uh, which is Mm oakmana.com, and so we're revamping into our phase two of uh, our website because now we have a couple of hubs in accra which is where we've started our programs. And we want to showcase our students and members who are part of the program. We want to showcase our instructors who are being a blessing and our partners. Mm -hmm. We want to showcase those also. So as you sow in and and bless us and donate one way or the other, we want to showcase that as well. We want to build newsletters. We have um, a grand plan for how we want to um, interact with our our audience. So we're excited. um, Absolutely. Excited about Okay,
0: future. and so we can follow you on all those social media, and it's Oakmana, so O-A-K-M-A-N-N-A. Correct. And then if we need to get in touch with you and email, it's team at Oakmana, O-A-K-M-A-N-N-A. Correct. Excellent. So Team T-A-T-E-A-M.
1: T-E-A-M.
0: T-E-A-M, yes. that's right. Yeah. Okay, so team at oakmana.com. That's correct. Excellent. So Kwabna, I just want to take the time to one Say thank you for being a house guest on the podcast um, and then two I want to say thank you for the impact that you're making on humanity and I cannot wait to one partner with you guys in the way that I have a couple ideas um, that I can partner with you guys with and also just to see what God is going to continue to do through Oak and Oakmana, Oak Manor and just through the children that you know the youth that you are helping so thank you so much sir for your time you've been such a blessing.
1: Thank you so much Porsche and um I must say that you're such a blessing to the body and oh, to the community. You. Um wake up and show up. Uh, it's 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 uh, it has God's fingerprints right and all over it. So continue to um influence and and make impact out there. and You're inspiring a lot of uh people and I know that they're also girls out there who, um, are looking up to you and saying, I can do that, you know, and I know a little bit about your story as well and how you've also been resilient and, uh, just doing the best that you can. Um, and so it's, it's exciting and I'm blessed to be partnered with you thank and you. also to be on the show. Um, I thank God for your life and your, your family, John and the kids. And it's, uh, it's a blessing. So thank you. Thank you. And continue to do the awesome work. And <laughs> I pray that God continues to uh, expand your coast and and give you more uh, more resources to continue to expand this work.
0: Excellent. And I receive it. I receive that all. And I'm going to close this because my eyes are going to start uh, sweating in a minute. But thank you so much. So, um, again, our house guest for today was Kwabna Asenso Ocheri. Thank you. You're welcome. I'll leave you with this thought. The hallmark of a healthy society has always been measured by how it cares for the disadvantaged. Johnny Erickson Tata. As always, we end every show with this declaration. Waking up is automatic. Showing up is intentional. Today, I will show up. Thank you again for spending time with me today and listening to the Wake Up and Show Up podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe so you never miss a show. Leave us a five-star review and share with a friend or foe. You can follow us on Instagram at I am Portia Scott, Facebook at I am Portia Scott. Until next time, go impact the world.